All right, well, in case you didn't know you were here for the Help I Lead Teen Girls class. Um, and I know what they told you the thing was going to be about. It will be kind of about that, but from a roundabout way. And so um, I'll explain that in a little bit when I get to it. But it's actually going to be the five greatest obstacles teen girls face in becoming all they can be through your ministry. Okay, so I'll explain that um, in a little bit. First, I just want to explain to you a little bit about who I am. My name is Rachel Gross. Um, I am married to my husband, Chris Gross. Uh, Hello, welcome. My husband, Chris, and I have been married for 11 years. Hello. I'll let you guys get situated. We've been married for 11 years. Um, We met at Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, which is no longer there. So my husband likes to, well, doesn't like to say, but he now has to say he's an Evangel University graduate from Springfield, Missouri. Um, We have five children, uh, all under the age of seven. My oldest is going to be eight on Tuesday, so I've got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and we just adopted our fifth child, a little boy. Uh, He's 18 months old. Uh, Actually, just Tuesday, his adoption was finalized, and we adopted him through the foster care system. So we have had him with us. Thank you. Uh, We've had him since he was four days old, so he has known no other family other than ours. So our entire family, he's been ours, and we consider him ours since his birth. So we just adopted him. Uh, So as you can imagine, just from my family life, my life is crazy. We were joking before, everybody's been making sure that I knew where I was supposed to be, and when I was supposed to be here, I had people calling me like, are you where you're supposed to be? Just because I feel like I'm semi-losing my mind half the time. (laughs) So, um, hello, you're fine. Come find a seat. Uh, So on top of that, uh, come on in. There's, I think, a seat. There's one back there, one over here, one right there. So just a few left. Um, on top of all that my family requires from me, I've, my husband and I have also been the young adult pastors at Radiant Life Church in Dublin, Ohio, for the past 11 years. We got married and started then June 1st uh, of that year as the young adult pastors, and we've done that. We've been highly involved in the young adult stuff for the state of Ohio and have enjoyed every minute of it. And four and a half years ago, we took on the role of youth pastor as well. Um, so we've been loving that. Uh, it was always my dream to be a youth pastor. I didn't complete college because I got married in the midst of what would have been my college experience. But when my husband graduated, we moved back here. So, But my major was youth ministry. So I always desired to be a youth pastor. My husband never wanted to be a youth pastor. So it's been a real uh, fun experience for us to be doing youth ministry. And I've really been enjoying that. Then about a year ago, um, Angel Perubsky, the girls' ministries director, she asked me if I would be the teen girl specialist for the state of Ohio. Um, basically, I'm volunteering to be the liaison between the girls' ministries world. Hello. There is one, two seats back there and a seat over here. Okay, thank you. Uh, so basically, my main job is to be the liaison communication between the girls' ministries world and the youth ministry world. Um, because I'm a youth pastor, I'm highly involved in the youth ministry side, less on the girls' ministry side, but we, um, I'm helping bridge kind of that gap there. Um, I also then lead the Teen Girl Conference that just happened Janu- or February 24th and 25th. No, ni- eight, 19th and 20th. Next year, it's the 24th and 25th. So mark your calendar now because it's a really fun time. It's February 24th and 25th. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Um, so we just finished, so now we're working in the midst of planning for the next one. I really enjoy that because my heart is for teen girls. I want to see them know who they are in the Lord and just experience a life that takes them into the next. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for making it more affordable this year. We can have a lot more thank you. Good. I'm I'm really glad. That's it was a big step moving it away from where it has been to where it was this year, just um, because it's easier to be at Heartland, but it's definitely more affordable for us to do it through a local church, so thank you. Um, But I really love it. I love teen girls. So for me to 
but for me to do the teen girl specialist, when I originally was asked by Angel, I had told her no. Um, and it broke my heart because I love teen girls. But I was like, I was really in a place of my life where I was trying to decide what God really wanted me to do and trying, you know, the whole got to pick and choose and not everything is what you should be doing, but you know, what's good, but what really you should be doing. And so I was like, no, I, I think I'm really busy. Things are happening in my church and it's crazy, but I couldn't get it off my mind. I couldn't get uh, the dreaming of what teen girls could be out of my heart. And actually in the midst of it then, um, the speaker we had at Teen Girl Conference, Jen Dewart from Rockford, first in Rockford, Illinois, she wrote a book called Pass the Wishing. And I was looking at purchasing that book. And in the in looking at all of that, the tag, one of the taglines for like why you should buy this book or what it's going to be about talked about um, how the things that you're dreaming about, why can't they happen now? And so I was like, okay, Lord, I guess I'll do it. So I called Angel back up and was like, have you found somebody else to do it? Because I really want to do it. And so it's a little bit about how I got to where I am right now. Uh, because of that, she asked me if I would teach a breakout at Synergy. And I said yes because I felt like my role should probably do that sort of thing, but it's so outside of my comfort zone and who I am. I'm a support role. I push my husband. I push the people in front of me to do the best they can. So to, for me to speak is like, no, I don't want to do that. So uh, I feel sometimes inadequate, but I feel I know that the Lord calls, and therefore he equips um, and that's why you guys are here today. God has called you to reach the teen girls in your ministries, um, and he will equip you. So with that being said, I'm going to just jump here um, into what the title is. So I told you that I changed it a little bit from being the obstacles that they face and how to deal with them to being the obstacles that they face and becoming all they can be through your ministry. Um, the reason I changed it is because I really... In, studying this and learning about it, I fully believe that if you have the right relationships with your girls, if you've built the trust and you've built that relationship, then you're going to know what it is they're struggling with and you're going to know how to handle it. Um, Because we could go on and on and on about the problems that teen girls have and whatever they pop up to be, but they're going to be different depending on who they are and they're going to be different depending on where you live and what their needs are and how they get handled are going to be different depending on your relationship with them and what they need, their individual. So uh, so we're going to talk a little bit more about how you then can more effectively minister to them to build your relationship with them to allow that to be seamless for you. Um, and I'll just tell you, a lot of this comes from a youth pastor perspective because that's what I do. In my uh, youth ministry, our girls, our girls only directors or people that are in charge of it are youth leaders of mine. So they actually handle that side of it. They handle our discipleship. So I'm not, my hand is not in that, but I know what they're talking about and what they're going through. So for me, a lot of it comes from the youth pastor side because that's what I do and that's where I am. But I think it can go to girls' ministries all around. Uh, So we spend a lot of time in our ministries talking about numbers, right? Talking about crazy games and making sure that it's all a lot of fun and wild, that the lights are right and our sermons are good and our topics are good and things look good, right? I mean, a lot of times that's what our focus is. How many people do you have in your program? How many people do you have in your youth ministry? Uh, But what they really are looking for is for a relationship. Uh, The resounding thing that when I asked my teen girls, what is it you want from your leaders? It was, I want a relationship. And it comes in several different ways. Um, But that's the resounding thing. So the first obstacle uh, that, that we find are leaders who won't allow students into the real and genuine parts of their lives. They're looking for a leader who will do that. Uh, the words real, I find, get thrown around a lot. They say things like, I'm just being real. If I can be real for a moment, I'm spewing every thought and idea I have out on Facebook. And for all the world to see, these are my thoughts. This is what I think. This is what my life looks like for the sake of being real. That's not what being real is. Being real um, isn't telling it like it is and having no filter. Being real has more to do with not acting like you're above them. They don't want you to act like you're their superior, even though you are. And it's good to have that boundary and the place that I am your authority and I'm your leader, but also that they feel that I'm at your level. 
you know, they don't, that you don't know at all, that you make mistakes, that you, you don't need to air all of your mistakes to them, but that you make mistakes, that um, you don't know at all. And there are times to say, I don't know, and I need to pray about it, or I need to ask somebody else. They want to know that you're real. They want to know that you're not just saying one thing and then doing another, that you ex- don't expect them to live a way that you're not living yourself. Um, I tell people all the time that... Uh, that are like friends of mine or that want to be my friend. I'm like, listen, if you need a friend that you can just talk to that'll be real with you, I'll be that because I have no problem sharing what's going on in my life. I'm an open book. Um, Sometimes to a fault, um, just because I'm very trusting of people. So I'll let people in places and then get burned by them. But I would rather be open and honest than not have those relationships. So I'm normally pretty quick to share it, but there's also a maturity, maturity that has to take place to know when and where things can be said and how they can be said. So what context it's in and who you're speaking to. You have to know who, who your audience is in those moments. Facebook is not the place to share or put judgment or put complaints. <coughs> I see it all the time. And people are just, and then like there will be people that are like, oh, thank you for being so honest and thank you for being so real. And I'm like, this might not be the place to talk about that. Um, so be careful then what you put, put online. I don't think that's the place. But what the girls are really looking for, for you to be truthful, to be honest, to be sincere. They don't always act like they want to hear what it is you have to say. But deep down inside, they really do. I know when people confront me about stuff, it's like this wall goes up and it's like, I'm going to defend my stance and I'm going to defend where I am. Then later on, you go back and it's like, man, they really were right. That's what the students, the girls that you're leading, that's what they're doing. They're going back and eventually they'll think about it. And it might take them months. We have a girl that nannied for me for a little while. And she would say, man, I always put up a fight with you. But later on, I knew that you had my best interests at heart and that you, um, what you were saying was truth. Um, they want to know you care. They want to know that they can come to you, that you'll give them honesty, and they won't just give them what the church answer is. So they want a real conversation with you. Um, a few weeks ago, we were sitting around in our youth group, and I didn't really think anything of it. We were just sitting and talking. I don't know how we got talking about dating. I think it was right after Valentine's Day. So we had a girl that was like, yeah, this guy, who he was my friend. Like, I thought we were just friends, and he bought me this flower. Because I guess in school, they sell flowers, and boys can, like, buy flowers for the girls and stuff. I'm like, wow, we're really, really pushing dating all over the place. But um, she's like, yeah, this friend of mine bought me a, a flower. And, like, how do I handle that? What do I do? And we were just sitting and having a conversation about it. Didn't think anything of it. And a few weeks later, they're like, I really enjoyed when we just got to sit and chat about life and about what that looks like. They didn't need me to say, don't date until you're this age and this is why and these are the, like, ten steps. just want to talk to you because we've been there. Um, that's the kind of open and honesty, openness and honesty that they're looking for. If you live your life in a way that shows that you live out what you speak out, then they'll know they can trust you in a conversation to be truthful and honest with them. If you live the way that you're speaking, then they know that what you speak is truth. Therefore, they're going to listen to you. So that's the first, the first one. Just be real and, uh, and genuine in all aspects of your life. Being real will build trust. Um, obstacle number two is lack of one-on-one time or close to one-on-one time with their leaders. So I've heard a lot of girls in my youth ministry talk about um, one-on-one time with their leaders. That, like, those are conversations that they really value. They're the ones that they remember. It's not what we get up and what we preach or what we speak. It's the time that we sit and talk to, to them. It doesn't have to be totally one-on-one. It can be with a couple of people, but they want to know that you care, that you're investing in them. Um, doesn't mean you have to take every girl out for coffee. So you're going to coffee five times a day, seven days a week. Like, however much that would be awesome for me. As you can tell, I'm wearing the shirt that says, but first coffee. I love coffee. So getting just to have any excuse to go out with somebody to get coffee, I love. But I'm not really talking about that type of one-on-one, okay? You don't have to sacrifice all this time. Um, I'm more so talking about just connecting with them at your meeting times or connecting with them on a Sunday morning. You know, if you connect with them on a Sunday morning, it's going to speak to them a a lot that you care about them outside of your ministry, that it's not your job at that moment. 
you know, when we're in youth group or we're in our girls' ministries classes, they can very much view that as this is just your job. It's what you have to do right now. Whether you're paid or not, that's what you're there for. So to talk to them there means a little less than it does to talk to them outside of that. So having a conversation, just, hey, how's it going? Hey, I know you had this really big test the other day. How did you do on that? I was praying for you. You know, thing, just little things like that. Let them know you care. Um, kind of goes back a little to my previous point about being real and genuine. That continues to speak that um, into their lives. It builds confidence that you don't just care because you have to, but because you want to. Um, and I'm not talking about even just saying hi. So you're like walking past, hey, how's it going? Hi. Like, do that because I think it's good. They don't want you to ignore them, but that's not, that doesn't count as one-on-one or just having a conversation. That is being friendly, and that is a very good thing, um, but doesn't count in the same way. Um, just talk about what's going on in their life. I had a student the other day. Um, we're in the midst of fine arts practice. So any of your churches that do fine arts, like you can kind of understand it's chaos right now and we started a little late because fine arts is a little earlier this year so we're my sunday looks like church lunch fine arts practice dinner youth group so we were in like the midst of one of our breaks at fine arts from fine arts practice and we were eating dinner and there was a girl just off to the side and she was working on her computer so i'm like i'll go eat i'll go chat with her so i went and talked to her and Asked her, you know, what are you doing over here? And she's like, I'm working on schoolwork. I'm like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? Well, I have a presentation. Very cool. So what's your present? What's it for? What's your presentation about? She's talking about, like, how her presentation, they have to find one part of a, it's about serial killers, and about, um, like, an aspect of the hearing. This guy didn't do it, and so they're supposed to prove a point of why he is not guilty. Um, I really don't like to talk about serial killers and things like that. Like, that is not something I care about. I don't really want to talk about school. I don't, not in school. But for her, that was a moment that she was in the midst of. It meant a lot to her for me to sit down with her and say, hey, what are you doing? Um, It doesn't have to be something you care about, but because you're showing you care, you care about them. So what they care about in that moment doesn't matter if you care or not. By speaking with them, they're showing, it's showing them that you care about them. You can send a text to your student. I recommend if you like to text girls, if you're a girl, if you're a guy, text guys. Or if you are texting someone of the opposite sex, that you include somebody in that text message that is of the same sex as the person that you're texting. It just keeps things safe and helps you so people don't wonder what it is you're talking about. And even if you're talking to just another girl, don't delete your texts because it can just get you in trouble. That's a safety thing for you. Um, But to send them a text that says, hey, I'm praying for you. How are you doing today? Is there anything you need from me? That speaks volumes to them. It's a little thing that takes just a couple seconds, but shows them again that you're thinking about them outside of your ministry time. Um, it'll also open doors for them then to share with you in a way that's maybe non-threatening to them what's going on in their life. Hey, I'm really struggling with making friends. Hey, I don't know, you know, how I feel about this. And it'll open some doors for you to kind of know what's going on. Um, also do events that are not just ministry time. Like everything we do with them does not have to be spiritual. And it is spiritual because that's part of what our spiritual walk is, is having those friendships and building a relationship. So like we go to Cedar Point. I hate Cedar Point. Like it's my worst thing in the world. My husband loves it because he gets to spend those two hours in line with students, the part that I hate standing in line. I'm like, why are we here wasting our day? And he's like, I get to sit and have conversations with students all day. They are trapped in line. They have nowhere they can go, and they have to talk to me, right? Um, So that's a great thing. Just going out to eat, going bowling, um, whatever. Anything that can create a place that you can have conversations with them is huge. I was talking about my husband. um, He's the best person at like, best person I know at creating conversation with people. I walk into places. I walked into our youth group Sunday night. I didn't go to fine arts practice, and I was coming in for youth. And I was really tired. I think it was the weekend of Teen Girl Conference, so I was exhausted. I had taken a nap, and so I walk in, and the first thing I see are boys sliding across tables and girls running through the chapel. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I did not prepare myself for this. And my husband's like sitting there with a smile on his face, like all things are good. And I'm like, what is wrong with this? I can't believe that you're just in here, like not hiding in a hole. 
But he loves it. That's what he thrives on. He knows how important it is to these kids. Um, and so, much to my dismay, sometimes I feel annoyed, but the students really feel loved by the conversations he can have with them. Uh, so that's the second point. Uh, we'll go ahead and move into the third one. And if through all this you have questions, please think of them. We're going to have a time at the end that we'll take some questions, and I'll try my best to answer them for you. The third thing is in the, is, well, I'll just tell you it. Um, obstacle number three is not feeling valued. It's a big one for teen girls. Um, across the board, teen girls and even adult women struggle with self-esteem. Uh, I know I do, even at my age, and I know people that are 50, 60, 70 that still struggle with not knowing their place, um, what their value is. And so that one is huge for girls. They want to feel important. So what's that mean for us as a leader? It means we have to be all-inclusive. We cannot play favorites with people. Um, doing that will only feed their self-esteem issues. Because, Especially because you're excluding them, whether you think it or not. They're, you're excluding them because they're not like you. It's harder to have a conversation with someone who's not like you than somebody who is. Um, in, in my youth group, we challenge our leaders to sit or to talk with different groups of students every week. Um, Yes, I want them to find the people that they attach well to and that they've built good relationships with, and I want them to talk to them because building relationships builds trust. And so I want that. But at the same time, I don't want them always just talking to these people and never talking to this group of people, and I want all of them always talking to everybody. Um, It shows that you care and that you value them. Helps build their self-esteem because the cool leader wants to talk to them. Hello. I think there's a seat over here and then back there. This one might be easier to get to. (laughs) You're welcome. So I always challenge them to, to talk with them to not just go to the crazy outgoing ones. Those are sometimes the easiest kids to talk to, not the ones that are quiet and just sitting there that are hard to build conversation with. You can't just say, hey, how's it going? And they spew everything out. They're like, fine. And you've got to dig a little deeper. That's hard. Uh, especially if you're not naturally a conversationalist. So um, do that. We also encourage our students or our leaders to sit with different groups of students. So for our ministry, we we have enough leaders right now that we can pretty much have one in every row or every other row. I never want them sitting with another leader because our job is not to build our own friendships at that moment. Our job is to build relationships with the students and to help them build relationships. Um, So I always encourage them to do that. We have this girl in our youth group. Her name is Rachel. She's super quirky. Uh, She likes to read rather than sit and talk to you. So she'll always have her Kindle. She's always asking, what's the Wi-Fi password? I want to get on and read my book. Um, She likes to hide from her parents. So her parents will come pick her up, and she's hiding behind the table. It's like, don't tell my mom and dad I'm here. And... um, She's got this funny run. She, like, gallops when she runs. She loves horses, so she almost, like, gallops around the room. Hilarious. Most people are inclined to be like, you're not cool, so I'm not going to talk to you. Even most of my leaders, we have to push and say, hey, you can't ignore her because she's not, she's not cool. I'll just be honest. But what people don't know because they don't talk to her is that she's the sweetest girl I have ever met. She... Uh, loves horses, she loves dogs, she shows dogs, so she loves to show her dogs and talk about that. Um, She loves to talk, and once you get her started, it's like, okay, I really need to go now, like I can't just sit and talk to you all day, but I love it. Um, People don't know that unless they get to know her, but because of what you feel from the appearance or because it's a little harder, people don't tend to not get to know her and get to know those things about her. But she's awesome, and everybody should get to know her. And that's, girls are in your ministry that it's like that. And if you don't fight for that, then they're going to end up feeling not valued. And they're going to end up feeling like, what's the point in me coming? And that's kind of how that cycle gets fed, the things that they're already thinking about themselves. So if we want our students not to judge, which don't, I mean, we all talk about that. Don't judge one another. Don't compare yourself to one another, all those different things, and we can't do it either. And we have to lead the way and show them. And take them along. You know, sometimes um, 
part of leadership is not only showing them, but also taking them along with you. So say, hey, I'm going to go talk to this person and bring them along with you and show them how to have that conversation, how to start it and get them connected. So, um, yeah, help the students feel valued. That's their third obstacle is not feeling valued. The fourth one is scary leadership. Okay, so, you know, we all have those people in our church, or at least I hope I'm not the only one, that, like, they're across the room and you're sitting there like, I'm going to go forward for prayer. I really hope that person doesn't come pray for me. (laughs) Or you're standing there like, oh, my goodness, they're going to come talk to me. I don't want them to talk to me. What else can I do? Have you ever sat and thought, are you that person to one of your students? Are you the scary one? Are you the one that they're like, please don't have that leader come pray for me because they're scary and they kind of freak me out the way they pray for me. And I just don't know that I want to hear they get really in my space and, um, or, oh, they're going to come talk to me and I'm going to get in trouble and they always speak to me like I'm stupid and whatever. Are you that person? You know, think about that. Um, You've got to watch what your tone sounds like when talking to your girls. We have one leader in our youth ministry. She's phenomenal. Um, God moves in her and the prophetic. She speaks things that the Lord speaks to her. She has discernment. So she can go to a student and pray for them and know exactly what it is they're dealing with. But her approach comes off harsh and we have students that are like I'm scared of her because she sounds like she's mad at me when she talks to me or she sounds like God's mad at me when she talks to me and I'm scared of her I don't know how to approach her because I don't know what she's going to say to me her heart is right she wants the Lord to move and she wants like she prays for these kids and she cries over these kids and she talks about them she loves them but she scares them um, and we've been working with her on this, like, hey, you've got to really work on your tone. Like, it's, it's scary to them, and you can approach it in a different way, in a loving way, in a way that doesn't sound so mean to them. Um, but working on your tone, that's a huge, huge way um, to help yourself not seem so scary to your students because, you know, you're older than them. You're bigger than them. Like, I remember being a kid and looking at my leaders or even the seniors in high school thinking, oh, my goodness, they're so big. They're so much smarter than me, and they're so much greater than me. And then I got to be a senior in high school, and I'm like, wow, I still feel like this little kid. Um, they see you the way that you see the people that are leaders over you, too. And so remember that when talking with them. Um, don't dress like a bum, <laughs> okay? So I mean this in the best way possible. I'm not saying you've got to dress in, like, the newest fashion trends and whatever and that you've got to be all hip and what and things like that but the way you present yourself does speak volumes um, especially to a teenage girl who's trying to fit in and trying to be cool herself she's looking for somebody who I mean the the leaders in our youth group that they want to talk to most are the ones that seem like they've got it together they're not always the one that probably should they be talking to for everything but it's the one that they're drawn to um, so be conscious of how you how you appear. My husband is not a fashion man at all. He really despises it and he doesn't care. He would rather be comfortable than look cool. Um, but over the years, he's started to find out that some of it does matter to the generation that you're speaking to. And again, I am not saying go change your wardrobe and be somebody you're not. So please do not hear me. Um, I mean, I think you all are great. So it has nothing to do with that. It just, this could be how they look at you somewhat. Um, so now I will say my husband will probably never wear that skinny jean fashion trend that these guys are wearing. I'm like, man, I don't know how you fit in your pants like that. (laughs) So my husband did try a pair on once and he walked out and it was like, you're going to have to change the entire rest of your wardrobe if you wear that because you cannot dress how you normally dress wearing those pants. So he's kind of said, yeah, no to that. And I think I'm probably very grateful. Um, but I remember going to an outlet mall once with our students. Um, it was like a day off or something. So we're like, let's go shopping. So we took them with us. And uh, Chris was like, I'm just going to need to buy some new clothes. So we asked them. We're like, hey, what are some things? Do you think this is cool? And they'd be like, oh, no, do not wear that. Or they'd be like, hey, you should wear this and stuff. 
they thought that was so cool um, to have been a part of, like, my youth pastor cares about what I think. Um, you don't have to take your girls shopping, but that's just an example. Like, they think that that's fun. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to do. Um, so sometimes they'll make fun of you for the things you try. They probably will. Um, but they will also, though, appreciate that you try and that you care, that you want to understand what their culture is. So even if you don't, you don't need to change to dress like that, but can you understand, can you talk about it with them? Can you say, yeah, hey, I saw that. Um, that's really cool. Or, yeah, I really don't like it. You can be honest with them. I don't like what that trend looks like. Glad you do. Like, I hate the hat thing. Um, Minus the beanies, because those are my, like, wow, I didn't do my hair today, and I still look put together. I'm totally into that one right now. But all those other, like, the big hats and stuff, I'm like, I can't do that. I don't know. I don't get it. So, um, but I can talk about it with them. Um, It's not about, though, either all about how you look. Um, I talked about your tone, how you look. But overall, just be friendly, be kind, put a smile on your face, you know, laugh a little. They just, that makes you approachable, okay? Um, Try your hardest to not be the person the kids don't want to come pray for them. Uh, So, yeah, that'll be my fourth one. Uh, We'll move on to the fifth one. Uh, And that is obstacle number five, that they're not challenged or led deeper into the things of God. Students, a lot of times, act like all they want are the fun and games. They just want to play. They want to do crafts. They want to dance around, be stupid, play stupid games. Um, And we work really hard, like I talked before, about making those things happen. Because they do think they're important. They do want them. But in reality, they really want to go deeper in the Lord. Uh, They won't always speak that, but that's their heart. They want to grow in knowledge. They want to grow in Jesus. They want to grow in leadership. Uh, I asked my girls what they really want from leaders, and that was one of the top five things that they said was, we just want to grow deeper in, in God. And I'm like, really? Because every time we try to do that, you stand there and act like you don't care. So I'm like, but they're really hearing you, okay, whether you believe it or not. Um, they want to dive deeper. They're looking to you for guidance. Senior hires might just need to be pushed a little, okay? Your junior hires might need to be shown in a practical way what that looks like. A couple years ago at middle school camp, we had a speaker who, um, he was talking about his personal, like, discipleship time, or his personal time with the Lord. So he was trying to share what that looked like, and he was talking through, like, this is where I go, this is what I do. He told them, you know, like, so I read this part, and then I pray, and I worship, and I sing my own song to God, and then I dance a little and get crazy because I can do that. I'm by myself with the Lord, and then I read, and I pray, and he told them what he did. Then he went back, and he had all of them come forward, and he walked them through each step of what his personal time with the Lord looked like. And I walked away from that thinking, wow, that is so cool, because he didn't just tell them, hey, you should read your Bible, you should pray, you should worship. He said, this is what I do. Now come do it with me. Um, To give an example, their time with God isn't going to look like that probably. But it let them see, this is what I'm talking about, and this is what you're capable of doing. Sometimes they just need that. They need to be pulled along. Sometimes in our youth group, we'll have moments where you're like, wow, they're not getting worship at all. And for me, that kills me because worship is huge to me. Like We love worship. Um, they'll be standing there, like, not engaged, and you're like, what is wrong with you? Sometimes they just need a push. So we get up and we say, okay, you know, we all know what raising your, we know in our head what raising your hands means. You know, we're surrendering, we're whatever, you know, doing things like that. That's not computing to them today. So what could we say to push them into it? So we were like, when you're singing the song, when there's a spot in the song that you like, yes, I agree with that, I believe that, then raise your hand just as an acknowledgement that I believe that or something simple. And that just gets them thinking about what it is that they're saying. It takes them away from just singing the songs because this is what we do in church to participating. And that will in turn turn them into, it, like get them deeper in that. But sometimes it just takes a step to know, okay, I can do that. I don't understand all of the rest of it maybe, but I can do that. Um, 
you could have having them stretch a little to pray out loud. Okay, we're going to pray, but pray out loud. Um, or to pray for one another. Just taking those steps, I think, is huge. It helps them a lot. They're not children. Sometimes they act like it. Um, sometimes I sit and wonder, why am I here? I have five kids at home that I am taking time away from, and here I am, like, babysitting a bunch of kids. Like, this is not what I signed up for. So sometimes they act like kids, but they're not. They are, they are growing adults. So they're becoming our adults that are someday going to be um, you in their churches. So treat them less like their children and more like the growing adults. Um, they want respect. And yes, respect is, needs to be earned. Um, but we need to trust them that they understand more than what we think that they can understand. Sometimes I think we're scared to talk too deep, that we think they're not going to understand what it is we're talking about. So it has to be all fluff, and it has to be um, funny, and it has to be things they can, um, like rhyming words and you know, things like that. That's all good, and it helps remember, but they can go deeper. It, it's possible, and they are capable of that. Uh, we just have to trust that they can. And they're not always going to probably be able to walk out and say, man, I can repeat word for word what you just talked about. But it's in their heart, and as you continue building on that, they're going to remember those things. So trust them. Um, they might not like it either. They might not like that, wow, we're going deeper, because this isn't fun or it doesn't seem fun, but they'll appreciate it. Uh, so have a good mix, a good balance. So... Again, the five obstacles I'm just going to review. So the first one is leaders who won't allow students into the real and genuine parts of their lives. Number two was lack of one-on-one or close time with their leaders. Number three is not feeling valued. Number four, scary leadership. Number five is not being challenged or led deeper into the things of God. I'm not an educated expert on what girls need. Um, this is from experience. This is from what they themselves talked to me about. I asked them. I was like, listen, what do you want from your leaders? Uh, what are you looking for in a leader? And these are things, that, the major things that came out in the conversation I had with them. Um, I'm a pastor myself who's constantly learning, and I'm always growing. And you're going to gr- learn, and you're going to shift with your culture, with what things look like, what youth group and girls' ministries looks like today is not what it looked like. 20, 30 years ago, even 10 years ago. Um, it doesn't look like what it looked like when I was in youth group or what my husband remembered, but it's always shifting and always changing. At the end of the day, though, what your girls want to know is that you care. They want to know that they're valued. Um, and if you do that, if you show the love of Jesus, and I fully believe that then they're going to know I can go to my leader and talk to them about what I'm struggling with. I can talk to them about my eating disorders, and I can talk to them about how I'm feeling about the kids in my school, that I don't have friends. I can talk to them about my boyfriend and how I'm dealing with that and with my parents and the struggles I'm having with my family and that um, things with my friends and with how I look and stuff. They will be willing to talk to you about that because they know that you they that you have their best interests at heart, that you're not just speaking because you think you know it all. They know that if you don't know the answer, you're going to try to find it and you're going to walk with them and through that because you have proven yourself to do that. Um, even when you'll be able to help them through their obstacles and even when they act like they don't care, uh, deep down, just know that they really do, okay? So that's all I have for you about that. Do you guys have any questions I would love to to try to answer anything, or if something wasn't clear, um, I'd love to talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, so, on the youth pastor, my husband, co pastor, and then Aaron over here does a girls' ministry. Okay. So, you said that you, in the beginning, that you really want to bridge the gap between girls' ministry and youth ministry. Uh-huh. What are some strategic ways that we can start to do that? Because there is, there is a, there can be a barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll just share what my church does. We, um, my, our youth ministry, so, okay, our girls' ministries, our family ministry stuff all happens on Wednesday night. Um, that was when we've got the stuff for the adults, we've got stuff for kids, we've got stuff for 
boys and girls, so it's all there. In the past, our youth ministry ran at the same time as our girls' ministries um, and Royal Rangers. We felt it was not okay that our kids had to pick because both ministries have their value. Um, Youth ministry is teaching them what church is like. It's putting them with their peers for worship and stuff. Girls' ministries is a phenomenal discipleship program. Um, Same with Rangers. Like, that's our heart. So for us, we made the decision to move our youth ministry to Sunday night. Um, it is not easier for us as a youth pastor because that made our Sunday like insane, but it was the best move for our church. Now you have to know what works for your, for your, for your body, but for us, that's what worked. And so we then don't do a discipleship program. My discipleship program for my youth ministry is my girls ministries program and my Royal Rangers program, because why should I take another day and take more time when there's already a wonderful program in place? We, we push our girls to do girls' ministries, like to do the program, but it's not required. So if they don't want to do all the stuff to earn their badges and to do all that, then they're just going to get good discipleship and hang out with their friends. So we don't push them to do that. We encourage it, but they don't have to. Um, so for, for me, a big thing of bridging the gap is just figuring out within your church what that looks like and working together. So not to fight each other on, on things. Where, where are places that you are overlapping and where you can help one another? You know? And then um, some, I find events to be really cool for that. So as the youth pastor, be involved in their events. And as girls' ministries leader, be involved in the youth events. For us, that works really well. My youth leaders are my girls' only teachers. Our friends are, are other adults, so they're not actually involved in our youth group. But we have, good, we have communication with them. Uh, a lot of it's communication, and a lot of it is just supporting each other and cheering each other on. I really think that's the best way to help bridge that. Does that help answer yeah, that? that's great. Thank yeah. you. Okay, good. Yeah. Definitely. We, I am a big advocate of gender-specific ministry because there are things you can talk about in a room with just girls than you can in a room, room that has boys in it. So um, I do believe in it. Let me get your email afterwards, and I will get information to you. Um, yeah, that's great. Because it's the, pro, like the information in the Girls Ministries program, if you don't do it, is phenomenal. Like the topics that they discuss and the, the things they have like, they're phenomenal. Um, whether you do the program or not, it's great material that can be beneficial to... I thought, you know, even if I didn't have it, I mean, I know our senior pastors, they'll be on board for this, but I could even just start small groups and have a teenager. Definitely. 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 Yep. Definitely. 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 Definitely that you can use it. So, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. I, just some feedback on the curriculum for yeah. girls only. I, I like it. I really do. Um, my girls are very, um, they're tired of mm-hmm. the topics. They, they're like, everybody talks to us about the same topics all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we get it at camp. We get it here. We get it at every event. So um, their feedback was, and unfortunate for me, now I'm developing like a, a new lesson every week or uh, every two weeks mm-hmm. for this. Um, and so basically what I did was give them a survey and had them um, list topics that they wanted to learn. We just got finished with fasting and now we're getting ready to do um, addictions and there's a few other things that we are working on. But I don't know if there's any discussion or you know at all about maybe not necessarily updating the format or anything, but just the topics. Um, it sure would make it easier for us leaders. <laughs> I do know there is some updating that they're working on. I don't know to what extent, mm-hmm. um, but I know that's coming uh, in the next year or two that they'll be 
push it, putting that out, just some updates to it. I don't know that it's fully changed around, but um, no, that's good. I, I get the same thing from the girls in my church. They're like, that's where the whole growing deeper in God thing comes from. They're like, I like all that stuff. I like being encouraged, but I want to, like, grow my relationship with God. So you could even, which is ends up more work on you as a leader, but to talk about the topic, but then have another another portion to it. Or you could run to things side we're by side. Doing, what we're doing right now is, um, because none of the girls that I have at the moment are gearing for the graduate program. So we basically have turned it into just a youth girls Bible study. Mm-hmm. Almost. Um, but, you know, with the understanding that we will split the group if we have, you know, a missionette coming up that wants to go for the mm-hmm. graduate. Um, yep. And so, and yeah. this is the first year we've done it this way. Yeah. Um, so. Well, hopefully that updates help you out a little bit. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> Also, I want to give you really fast because I didn't give it before, but I'll give you my email address. So if you have any questions or anything that you want to email me, I would love to help you. So my email is Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at R-L-C, and then it's Dublin, D-U-B-L-I-N dot com. R-L-C. R-L-C. Uh-huh. And then it's Dublin. D-U-B-L-I-N dot com. You're welcome. Yes. Um, I just want to suggest something yeah. on that topic. We've kind of been there, too. Um, we actually were doing um, Friends and Girls Only Youth on Tuesdays, and then we had Girls Ministries on Wednesdays, uh-huh. and that was a really hard thing to get them to come. Maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. into what it looks like to be a leader and they have loved that yep. just helping in the other girls ministry classrooms for a while because mm-hmm. um, our youth um, is doing small groups right now so they're getting that there yeah. so that works for us now mm-hmm. but that's I don't, I don't know you never know if it's going to work in somebody else's area but some of my best uh, assistants or helpers are my team girls yeah. and I would rather them I like schedule them with me yeah. They, they just have learned what ministry looks like, and it's really awesome. And I see a lot of people do stuff um, talking about, like, once a month we get together and have sleepover, and we talk through some of the stuff. And you don't have to, you know, hit every portion of it, but talking about it, um, having conversation. If it could look less like I'm teaching you and more like, hey, let's have a conversation about this too, it might help them um, buy into it more. Um, some thoughts. No, that's good. I'd like to encourage um, ladies to, with the girls, to to do the service project portion. I know that we're, yep. we pulled that into this Bible study, even though you know it was part of the the graduate, you know, doing the the service. But because our our girls have really blossomed with that. I mean, yep. They, we we take every fifth Saturday, you know, if it's five Saturdays in the month, because we meet two two Mondays a month. And then on that fifth Saturday, we will do a um, so anything, you know, even if it's just going over to somebody's house and breaking leaves or, yeah. you know, something they need. But something that they can give back for. Definitely. That's great. Anybody else have any questions? Can you put your email again? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Here, let me write it. That might be easier. Hopefully they don't mind me writing on their board. There you go. You're welcome. It's better than our old one. It used to say, uh, it was like, Pastor Rachel at radiant-life-church.com. People were like, what? Hyphen, dash, uh, what? Underscore? No. I mean hyphen. That's what. <laughs> like, it was fun. So this is a lot easier. Um, yeah.
cool. Well, if you don't have any other questions, then I'm just going to pray for you, and then I'll let you guys head out to your next class. Thank you for coming. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this group of women who just have a desire to train up women who love you, God. I pray that you give them vision, that you give them wisdom as they deal with hard topics sometimes with some of these kids, God, that you would give them favor um, from you, Lord, as they work with them. And God, I just pray health and provision over everything they do, God. I pray blessings on them. Lord, help them to just continue on doing the things that they're doing, God. We thank you for them in your name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your time. Yes.